Welcome to the Executive Minds Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, David Harmer. Hey, everybody. want to welcome you to the latest Executive Minds Podcast, and I'm really excited to be here with my longtime friend and mentor partner, Jeff Henderson. Jeff, welcome. Hey, David. Good to see you, man. And it's great to see you. And uh, we did a little bit of catching up before we started recording because there has been a lot happening. Um, this has been an unprecedented year on so many fronts. We're all living it. But it's been uh, really um, both kind of um, exciting, but a little bit bittersweet for you as well, because you have just been through a really significant transition, something that's been in the works for a while. Why don't you just kind of catch everybody up, Jeff, and just share a little bit about the story of what's happened in your life relative uh, to your work. And then we're going to dive in and unpack that a little bit and, and just talk about how you thought about this going in and how you sort of lived it out over the last several months. Sure. Well, a lot of transition, uh, not just professionally, but personally, Wendy and I became empty nesters. So, both Cole and Jesse are away at college now. So knowing that was coming about a year and a half ago, I have a personal board of advisors and they just started pointing me to, hey, what, what do you think fall of 2020 will be like for you, you know, personally and professionally? And I hadn't really, you know, thought a whole lot about it. But as we began to process and began to, to, to think about it, um, one of the things they said is to pay attention to where you think the Lord may be leading you. So Last fall, I came out with the four book and traveled around the country talking about that and began to sense that there was there was an opportunity to share both with businesses and churches and nonprofit organizations the idea that it really comes down to two questions about growing your organization. And it's no longer about being the best company in the world. It's about being the best company for the world. So as we began to process that and see, we began to sense that we needed to make a full transition to you know, be a good steward of this message. So long story short, Dave, as you well know, because you've been a part of this process from the very beginning as well, we uh, announced to the church in uh, August that we would be stepping down at the end of September. And we you know, initially were planning on maybe stepping down after Cole graduated from high school in June. But with, when COVID hit, we adjusted all of our plans. But we had decided as a collection of churches in July that we would not gather again until the end of the year. And, um, and you gave me some good, you know, when I approached this with my board of advisors and you gave me some great advice, say, hey, don't leave any muddy footprints. Don't start something that you can't finish. And so that's when Winnie and I decided, you know what, I think it's time for us to wrap up this season. Yeah. And if you don't know Jeff well, Jeff has been part of a very large ministry in the metro Atlanta area, based in metro Atlanta, but it's, it's got uh, tentacles all across North America, but the North Point Ministries group is very significant, and Jeff has helped them launch three churches over his 17-year career with them, in Buckhead in, in the city of Atlanta, and then just north of Atlanta at two new churches in Gwinnett County, and they have just all flourished, and he has done an incredible job, and all of that was on the heels of transitioning away from Chick-fil-A, which is where I work and where Jeff and I first met. He had time there and he he was loved. In fact, he still comes back. And uh, at our last official in-person gathering at Chick-fil-A, Jeff was our keynote speaker because the, the owners of Chick-fil-A, the leadership team of Chick-fil-A all love him. And they love him just because he's a great guy. And he did phenomenal work, but also because he transitioned out of that role 
to North Point, which is where he felt like he was being called really well. And now 17 years later, kind of going through that again. So Jeff, I, I really just sort of want to lean into this because all of us are going to have to transition. Um, right. it, it's just a natural part of life. And when we were talking earlier, you said there is, even though you know it's the right thing to do, there's a bit of a, a sense of grieving that comes with that. Can you sh- share just a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll take you back 20 three years ago when I was driving away from Chick-fil-A for the last time as a staff person. And, uh, and you know this, David, I'm a pretty emotional guy. So cry my eyes out thinking this is the dumbest thing. Nobody ever leaves Chick-fil-A. What in the world? I'm, I'm going to you know, work for church with the preachers on video. I mean, this is just what in the world am I doing? So I've been through these transitions before. Um, you have to do a lot of due diligence to make sure that this is the right decision. There will always be risk associated. You just want to shrink the risk as much as you can. But it's very, if you, if you love your job and you love the people, it will be a price to pay. And uh, that was, it was a price to pay when I left Chick-fil-A. There was a price to pay when I left Buckhead. And there was certainly a price to pay when I left Gwinnett Church. In fact, at the last staff event I had, I told the staff and their spouses, you are the biggest price that Wendy and I are having to pay because we'll miss you all. But we believe this is the next season for us, and we did all the due diligence. So while as excited as we are about the future, it's bittersweet. I've actually hired a transition consultant to help me as I begin to form this, this new venture that I'm doing, David. But he said, you know, healthy people hold joy and sorrow at the same time. Mm. And I thought that's a, that's a really good perspective on how you transition well. And obviously, transitions are different for people, and circumstances are different, and I totally understand all that. But... I don't think we talk about transitions as much as we should in leadership circles. And part of that is, is nobody wants to think about ever leaving. But when you do leave, if you're not prepared for it, you can fumble the ball headed to the finish line and you don't want to do that. Yeah. And I got to say, I think most of us had no idea there was such a thing as a transition coach. So the (laughs) fact that you know that there is and you have one and you're living this, I think, uh, puts you in a position to share a lot with us. Because, again, the reality is we are all going to make transitions and hopefully they're really healthy. Now, granted, they don't all have to be healthy. No. But you want to try to avoid that if at all costs. And I know that was your intent going in. Make sure this is a really healthy transition. Right. And there's a biblical principle that says, as much as it depends on you, you know, try to live at peace with everyone. And, you know, when, even the most healthy of transitions, like the one I just went through and at Buckhead and Chick-fil-A, those are very healthy. There's still, you've got to be on guard with emotions and people are so sensitive. Uh, you know, for, there's just all kinds of emotions that can be, particularly for the person who's leaving, right? Because maybe there's a meeting that you're not invited to. Oh, did, am I they've already discounted me or, you know, maybe this person didn't do this or whatever. So there's, and and people are just going through the normal course of their day. So emotions are at a high, high level. So you have to be really clear to have a plan on how to transition well. Well, I would love for you just to share some of the big principles that you have learned kind of going through this, whether you just, you know, figured it out on your own or through your board of advisors, through your transition coach. So why don't you share some of that with us, Jeff? Sure. First, the the better you finish your current season, the better you begin your next season. I think there's a tendency to think, you know what, I don't work in two weeks or three weeks. You know, in in my case, I put a six week notice in. I'm not going to be here, so I'm just going to kick back and 
and just, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't have to do anything because, you know, what are they going to do? Fire me. Right. That kind of, a, that kind of an attitude. That's a terrible attitude to have because you're not finishing strong. You're not finishing your next season. And I just feel like as you honor people on the way out, they will honor you as well. And it helps set you up emotionally uh, for the next season. And if there's emotional unhealth in the current season, there will be emotional unhealth in the next season. So I, th I think this is a really big idea that the better you finish your current season, the better you begin your next season. And I would say secondarily to that, David, don't burn bridges. Yeah, it doesn't do it doesn't do yourself or anyone really any favors to burn bridges. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I left Chick Fil A and I, I wrote everyone in the marketing department a handwritten note, I went and met with the executive committee. In essence, basically saying, "Hey, if Buckhead Church doesn't work, can I come back?" I didn't say that out loud, but that was basically where I was going. Right. So when it related to that, in terms of making sure that I I left them really really well, little did I know. 23 years later, I would be the keynote closing speaker at the Chick-fil-A convention this past February. Well, you know, if I'd kind of slacked off and, you know, didn't really stay connected to people, none of that would happen. But that's not why you do that. But you, if you burn bridges, and sometimes it feels good to burn bridges, but at the end of the day, the person that gets burned is you um, because it's about your character. So. Yeah. The better you finish your current season, the better you begin your next season. And so just don't burn any bridges. If I can add to that, you know, we sometimes see ourselves as leaving organizations or maybe we're leaving a team, but a team in an organization is comprised of individuals. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you've got some really meaningful and healthy relationships with those individuals. And I don't think you want to render damage to those relationships. I think you've modeled that mm -hmm. uh, when you left Chick-fil-A you left with relationships intact and you had a clear uh, reason for leaving. You explained that well, people totally got it. They supported it. Here you are leaving again, but you're, while you're leaving an organization, you've got so many relationships throughout North Point, which means so much to you. The last thing you'd want to do is render damage to those personal relationships. Absolutely. And that's why um, once I had made this announcement to the staff and then we made it to the church, the next few days, I got together with our leadership team and I made them a pledge. And, and this is the pledge I made. And I, I actually, the presentation, I gave them a presentation. I said, here's my finish line presentation. And so the pledge to the team was to finish strong, uh, completing the work assigned to me to the best of my ability, expressing gratitude to as many people as I can while leaving qui as quietly as possible. And so I gave, some, I gave them some specific projects that I was working on and uh, everything from I'm going, I was actually in a sermon series that I was, I was doing. So I had to do that. I met with every staff person individually and said, thank you to them. I had to write volunteer birthday cards and that might not seem like a lot, but if you saw the stack of birthday cards I have to write, that was a big deal. So, um, but I gave them a list of projects and I said, okay, based on this list of projects, is there anything that you think should be added onto this list? But we had to make sure that I was able to do this within a six-week period because, as you said, Dave, you don't want to start work that you can't complete. So yeah. the team was really clear about what I was doing. They were really clear about the projects that I was working on. And it was important for me, to me, that they knew that I wasn't playing golf for the next six weeks, that I was actually coming to the office, getting this work done, and I reported back to the leadership team to say, hey, I'm, I've, I've got, you know, two more days of meetings or 
three more weeks of meetings and, um, and here's what I'm doing because I wanted them to see that I was fully engaged all the way to the finish line. Love it. All right. So let's kind of go to another lesson or principle that you've, uh, you've learned from your experience. Well, you, you taught me this. And in fact, you, you, you gave me these three points, be humble, be gracious and no muddy footprints. And I wrote that on a sticky note, put it on the bathroom mirror. Then the sticky note fell, you know, the stickiness stopped. So then I put it inside my laptop. Um, I carried it with me into meetings. And, and the reason for that is, is, you know, being humble, being gracious and leaving no muddy footprints. And then you said, David, no drama. And, and the reason no drama is important is because this is a, as I, said, as I mentioned earlier, any transition typically can come with some emotions and sometimes emotions lead to drama and uh, you don't want to, you know, again, as, as much as it depends on you. And I tell people when it comes to humility, we're not humble people. What we are is we are people who practice humility. That's, that's the key here. Anytime somebody says I'm a humble person, you failed. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you, you, you have to go, I'm not a humble person, but I'm a person who tries to practice humility. So for me, doing that, trying to be as grateful and gracious as, as possible and no muddy footprints. And uh, my last day, I actually wrote you a note and put that sticky note in the note just to say thanks. The other yes, thing you I, did. I got that in the mail and, uh, and loved it. First of all, Jeff is a handwritten note master. I had to write seven thank you notes recently. I thought I was going to have a permanent hand cramp, but Jeff, <laughs> Jeff is a highly conditioned thank you note writer. And uh, when you get one from him, he knows how to do it, but he sent me a beautiful note and he did enclose the actual sticky note that he's making reference to. And I will cherish it forever. <laughs> well, it was not the most uh, aesthetically pleasing thing. It was probably had coffee on it and crumbled up, but uh but that was just, it was vintage and authentic. Yeah. Vintage and authentic. <laughs> and I actually read when I went over this presentation with the team, I read this quote from you. The goal is to be humble and gracious while leaving no muddy footprints and no drama. And I told the team, if you see me not being humble, if you see me not being gracious, if you see me leaving muddy footprints, and if you see drama, let's have a conversation. And when Wendy kept reminding me day in and day out, you're not going to get these days back finish well. You're not going to get these days back, finish well. And I'm so grateful being 10 days, you know, since we're recording this, being 10 days removed, I can look back and go, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I finished well. And that's something that I, I heard consistently from the staff and the church is thanks for showing us how to finish strong and finish well. And I just think it's a really important aspect of leadership that we don't talk about because it's all coming to you. Uh, all coming for you. Um, it's healthy for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's almost like a gift to the organization that you're leaving as well. You really want to put them in the in the position to, as they move into their next season, get off to a great start. Well, just like you said earlier, it sets you up mm -hmm. uh, to begin the new chapter in your life. Well, also, yeah. And so, all that sounds really easy, David. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. Please understand that. What I'm saying is, is it's hard. And the other mistake that you make or you, you could potentially make when it comes to finishing well or, or the finish line is you can think that the finish line is the finish line and it's over. But then once you're gone, you wake up the next day and it's a brand new world and there's a whole other deal of emotions that come rushing your way. And that's why that's one of the reasons I hired a transition coach to, to help me deal with the emotions 
of no longer being the lead pastor of Gwinnett Church. I mean, that's been my life, a part of my life for nine years. Uh, my family helped start this church um, from Gwinnett County. So to wake up and not have that as a part of your role, to assume that that's not going to be a big deal or not be emotional or not have a void or uh, there's going to be a difference, that's a gigantic mistake. So 10 days in, what I'm doing is working with um, our transition coach. I'm talking about the business part of this as well. But I, the other day, David, I had four. I said, I got four gen items, one about the, my emotions and three about the business venture and all this kind of stuff. And so we said, let's talk about the emotions first. Well, we filled up the entire day, the hour, just talking about the emotions. We didn't get to the business part. And the reason that's important is you've got to process. Like right now, I'm in the grieving process of giving up something I loved. And that's the challenge. When I left Chick-fil-A, for example, it wasn't like I was saying, I don't like this place. I was actually, it was actually more difficult than that. I love this place. I love these people. But I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do to go help start Buckhead Church. Same thing with Gwinnett Church. I love these people. I've done my life with these people. But now I feel like I've got to go do this now. And there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, a dance to figure out what those relationships will look like with work not being a part of them. And that comes with a price and, and that comes with emotions that comes with grief. And that's what my transition coach said is, hey, this is like grief and you're grieving now. Yeah. So, One of the things I've learned about grieving is we sometimes associate it just with uh, death, but I think it applies anytime there's a loss of something that we assign a lot of value to, Absolutely. Uh, even if it's totally planned out and you will go through a range of emotions and you need to understand you're not losing your mind. It's just, it's healthy, but you've got to process them. And, and, that's, and that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. And that was what was one of the best things my transition coach said. I'm like, I've got all these emotions and am I crazy? And he's like, and you're actually normal. This is all, all, all a good thing. And so it is, you know, you're, you're grieving, you're grieving a loss, but that's a good thing because I, I told our team at Gwinnett Church, I would rather be in this situation than going, I am so glad I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's a whole different other thing, but to go, no, I love this place. and I love these people, but I feel like at my next season, I got to do this. Oh, there's a challenge there. I, as hard as that is, as painful as that is, it's, it's a gift. It's a blessing. But I'll tell you one mistake I made. And that is I was so focused on finishing well and the finish line and, you know, just completing my projects and making sure that I did all this, this stuff that I pledged to the leadership team at Gwinnett that I would do that I didn't mourn while I was there. Now, mm. Wendy, who's just as important, important to actually more important to Gwinnett Church. In fact, one of the consistent themes when I met with the staff, David, and, and this doesn't will come in as any surprise to you because you know and love Wendy. The staff told me, Jeff, we're really going to miss you, but we are really going to miss Wendy. <laughs> you know, that kind of a deal. Yeah, that's right. So, but because she's the fun Henderson. And but the whole time <laughs> he was mourning. She was she was walking around the building and going, you know, I'm we're, I'm never going to be in this room again or I'm never going to have this experience here again. And so She's further ahead in the grieving process than I am because I was so focused on finishing well that I, I don't know that I began the mourning and grieving process as well as I should. Jeff, I would love to point out two mistakes that are probably common. I don't think they were true in your case, 
Um, so we can't really use you an example, but there, there are things to watch out for. Yeah. Um, one would be you just don't transition when you should. Right. You're hanging on to an opportunity, a team, a project, whatever. It's time to move on. It's time to take another step. It's time to grow. It's time maybe to hand off to someone else and let them have an experience. And you're just kind of hanging in there. You don't want to do that. And so you, you just got to ask yourself, is there a shelf life on this particular responsibility or season? So good for you for recognizing that it was probably time for you to move on and let somebody else come behind and pick up where you left off. Yeah. Well, a mentor of mine, when I was processing this with him, he, you know, cause I got a green light from everybody, you know, you and my board and even Wendy's parents, um, my mom and other mentors, but he had an in interesting statement. He said, I would rather leave a year early than a day too late. Mm. Yeah. And well, wow, that's good. And in some ways, you know, I could probably, you know, think, gosh, could I, should I have left this time, but I left at this time, but I firmly believe this was the time, but you've got to get people who are wiser than you, who can look at it from a distance. But when everybody is consistently saying, yes, we see this, yes, we see the opportunity. And yes, the time is now. It gives you a little bit stronger of um, confidence that you're making the right decision. Yeah. I would just challenge our listeners, knowing that transitions are healthy think about the coming year. What are some of the transitions you need to be preparing for, uh, or at least considering and de determining is now the time? Is that the right thing for me? The other watch out I would, I would point out are people that leave, but they don't leave. Mm. And I'll give you this metaphor. You've watched a four by 100 relay race, and there's this really critical juncture in the race where one runner's carrying the baton. They enter into the baton pass zone, and it's a very specific zone. There's a line you can't pass the baton before it in the line. You can't pass it afterwards. It doesn't matter sometimes how fast the runners are if they can't orchestrate a really good baton pass. If the one runner that's got it does not let go and hangs on, the whole thing falls apart. Yep. And so don't leave, but keep hanging on to things that you should have passed off because that is not healthy for you and typically does not serve the team or the organization you're leaving well at all. That's a great point, David. Yeah. And I don't think you're doing that. Uh, I think you've worked hard to make sure there is a very orderly succession, but we're kind of in the midst of the, even the election season right now. And part of the commentary and some of the debates we've heard is, will there continue to be an orderly succession of one administration to another, you know, and everybody's scared. Oh, what if it gets ugly? What if it's not clear? What if it's not done well? We all lose if that's the case. So that's been an important part of our, our even our nation's history. Let's well, keep going. That, yeah. That goes back to ego. Anytime somebody doesn't feel like there's e that your ego is going to get in the way, that's a oh. huge mistake. Great point. Great point. That's right. I tell you, one of the things I did, David, is I read Ego is the Enemy on a consistent basis during this transition. Yep. Uh, I've, I've probably read that book 15 times, and I would just flip through it and look at some of the things I've underlined to remind me, don't let your ego get in the way because I am not a humble person but I'm a person that needs to practice humility and always take the high road. Always, always, always take the high road. And sometimes the high road seems to be getting steeper, but you won't regret it. You know, when you look back and that's why having a group of people that can speak truth into my life and in your life and in everyone's life is really, really helpful and that you need to listen to them. But 
that's again, that was a, that was another principle is to make sure that I'm reading something consistently that's allowing me to not let ego or emotion get in the way of wise decisions. Yeah. Kind of heading to the end of the podcast here. What else would you share? You know, it's still pretty fresh. Uh, you, you're only a couple of weeks out, eight days, I think, actually. But what would you tell someone that's about to go through the same thing you're going through? I would say this is probably personal for us, David, but our kids got to see this up close uh, when I made the announcement to the staff and when the, the staff did a farewell event for me, Jesse was able to come home, Cole wasn't. But having our kids see this up front and close and personal was one of the best things we've done as parents. I think sometimes as parents, we wanna shield our kids from, or we may think our, our kids don't care, but the feedback that we've got from our kids about being able to watch this process, and I mean, they helped launch this church with us but they also helped us walk away and close down this incredible season. And that's something I'll never forget as a parent. So from a parenting standpoint, if you've got a family, involve them in this decision as much as you can. And that actually, because here's the other thing, David, when I knew my kids were watching, it just helps me want to finish stronger even more. Yeah, that's a great point. You sent me a video of the day that you, your kind of final day when you walked out and you can tell that your staff loved you. They put on the most incredible event. It, this is in the midst of COVID season when there's not a lot of in-person gathering, but they all gathered outside at the campus. There was a band. They formed what looked like the longest tunnel ever. Uh, <laughs> they, such that they had a drone filming this with confetti cannons and balloons and they let you and Wendy and uh, your daughter, Jesse kind of walk off together while they all just stood on the sides and clapped and cheered and applauded uh, you guys, which I think was a reflection of what you meant to them from a relational standpoint, what you had done to pour into that community and to pour into them as leaders as well. It was unbelievable. And there are not many people that get a video like that when they leave, but you got one and it was awesome. Well, that's, that's Lauren Espy and the Gwinnett Church staff and the, the community there. But if you, when you watch that video, David, if you'll see Jesse's expression as she's watching it going down the, the road there, that made, made it all worthwhile. Uh, one, of the reasons, one of the things that made it all worthwhile. So I would just tell leaders, if you're, if you're not in, you're like, why am I even listening to this? I'm not leaving this organization for 10 years. Okay, that's cool. That's awesome. Start doing the emotional work right now because you will not regret doing the emotional work. One of the things um, I told our team is when this day arrives for you, whenever, and I told them, hey, I don't want you to leave Gwinnett Church. I, I want Gwinnett, and I'm so excited that the best is yet to come for Gwinnett Church. But when this day arrives for you, arrive there as emotionally and spiritually healthy as you possibly can. And that doesn't start when you put a six-week or four-week or two-week notice in. That starts actually right now. That's why leaving and finishing well is a topic of conversation that everyone should sit up and take note of because it's coming. If you want to finish well, the work needs to start now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I want to close out by just letting you share a little bit about what life on the other side of the transition is looking like. You're not very far into it. You and Wendy had a chance to kind of run down to the beach and just sort of take a couple of days and rest, but share a little bit about uh, where you see yourself headed 
and also just how you're approaching kind of the um, just sort of the design of what your work looks like going forward. Well, thanks, Dave. Yes. Yeah, so two, there are really two angles on this. Really, when we started Gwinnett Church, we asked the question, what do we want to be known for? And that's when we said, well, you know, when it comes to church, many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. So we launched for Gwinnett. And then I look up a few years later and I see churches around the country and around the world trying to do what we're, we were doing. And so that provided a, a platform and opportunity for me to go speak at churches and, and, and coach their teams and walk them through what we were doing. At the same time, when I wrote the four book, um, I began to notice that there are a lot of businesses that are really interested in trying to understand how to more clearly define who and what they're for and that they want to be known more for, for what they're for and that it's not about being the best company in the world, but about being the best company for the world. And as I saw the business community resonate with that, uh, it provided more and more speaking opportunities. So I'm going to be I'm doing a lot of speaking now, obviously with COVID, a lot of it is virtual, but a lot of virtual training. I, I did two in California, uh, organizations in California. And it's all about the content of four. I really believe this is a message, especially in today's volatile world and a hypercritical, cynical world, often known for what it's against. Let, let's create organizations that are known for who and what we're for. And I just think doing good is good for business. And the market research is showing that the younger demographic, the younger the demographic, the more they're asking, hey, what is your organization doing to make the world a better place? I mean, this is where the healthy, thriving businesses will ultimately go. And I think that's very exciting. So I'm in the process of uh, figuring out how I can begin to coach and speak more at these organizations and churches. But one of the things my transition coach suggested, David, is let the thing breathe a little bit. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, this next 90 days, uh, I've got a lot of stuff that it's, that's going on in terms of speaking, but let me see how this thing plays out and then get into 2021 and get some more uh, definition around it. And so I think that's a, an insight on creativity. Sometimes we want to close in too quickly on creativity. So, um, but it will be all around, um, you know, what do you want to be known for and what are you known for? That's, that's kind of what I go after. And I love bouncing back and forth between the church and the business worlds. That's awesome. Well, I just want to say, uh, first of all, congratulations on um, just an incredible career at Gwinnett Church, Buckhead Church, North Point Ministries. Congrats on doing exactly what we talk about. Finish uh, well, no muddy footprints in a gracious and humble manner. And I got to tell you, I'm really proud of you for all of that and couldn't be more excited for what's in front of you, the opportunity that you'll have to continue to have influence with churches, businesses, other organizations, as you just share, um, you know, what you've learned, what God's put on your heart. And uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. We'll have to come back and get a little update on how that's playing out over the next uh, just season. So it's got to be, it's got to feel like you're on a bit of a, a, a wonderful adventure at this point. Yeah. And it's a scary one as well, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's good. You know, it's, I've, I've been here and done that. And I mean, if I had not left Chick-fil-A, we wouldn't be talking about any of this stuff. That's but right. There would not have, you know, at least within the context of I had known a Gwinnett church. So you have to ask the question, what, what if, and what now? And yep. that's what we're asking right now. Well, to that point, what if, and what now listeners, again, you might think I'm not in the midst of a transition, but your day is coming. Think about where that might need to happen in your life and when, and when it happens, how do you want it to go down? And I hope you can learn 
some of just kind of the wonderful concepts that uh, Jeff has not only shared with us, but he's been living out. So Jeff, again, many thanks. And thank you for your help, Dave. You got me here. So thanks. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys that have been listening. Uh, we just are so grateful that you take time to spend with us and just encourage you. Share this with somebody you think can benefit from it. Let them know about the podcast. Uh, until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Executive Minds Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. For more show notes and helpful resources, visit executiveminds.co. That's executiveminds.co.